wanna get high, man. Let's stimulate your mind. Get up, Chucky! What have we got here? Fucking comedian. <laughs> Rojan Kim. Hello, and welcome to the Rojan Kim cast. It's me, Rojan Kim. Thanks for joining me on this episode, and, well, thanks for being patient with me not having an episode in the uh, in a timely fashion. I apologize for that. I'm in a poverty cycle, guys. I'm stuck in a cycle of poverty where I'm just making enough to not make enough just making enough and slowly spiraling down into possibly destitution or riches and fame beyond glory um imaginable like be like more than the glory of the ancient emperors of Rome, you know so hey i'm all in it's one or the other it's death or dishonor no wait those aren't the options <laughs> death or dishonor is not that's a dumb play i think it's um it's glory, right? Death or glory. Yeah, whatever. That's a little over... Uh, it's a little, little dramatic. It's a little dramatic. But I mean, what's... what's So I'm working multiple jobs here. I'm slinging CBDs, guys. Uh, I, they're not a sponsor. Maybe one day they will be sponsor of this podcast. Or just... For now, they're just sponsoring my survival. So uh, I'm working on... Uh, you know, I'm a marketing... I'm an account manager for a pet CBD company. So that's cool. Um, you might hear the guitar playing. That's my neighbor next door. Just, you know, that's what he does. That's his trade. I'm going to move over here, see if it's a little better. All right, this might be better. I think you might be, um, you might have the faint sounds of Owen playing his guitar in the background. Should I have said his name? Whatever, it doesn't matter. It's not like I'm going to. Give away all the goods, right? It's not like you guys care. Hey, guys, how you guys doing? Okay, so what? Last time was a Shane Gills thing. Shane Gills thing, great. Um, what else? Um, that one, it came and went. He'll be fine. He's going to do stand-up. Saturday Night Live sucks. The industry is over. Um, the industry in terms of what I mean, that's all shorthand, of course. Um, me as a uh, insane person and a comic is, uh, the, what, what I'm basically saying is like the industry gatekeepers that traditionally existed for comedians, stand-up comedians, particularly, um, you know, the thing about stand-up in LA is a lot of people use it to get to something else like acting or writing, you know, to get into the industry. And then there's a lot of people who have decided they're going to just try to do stay in the lane of stand-up but in order to do that and uh, have a viable you know like make a living they've found podcasts so you got your joe rogan's and you got your come town boys and that's what you know shane and matt matt and shane's secret podcast was too right that was a real um like independent sort of like grassroots thing that they were doing. They were starting a Patreon, you know, Tim Dillon's doing that Patreon gas, digital, all of gas, digital legion, legion of skanks. All right. Excuse me. Thing is, you get my point. There's an entire industry that's growing now that is independent of the quote unquote industry. And in the past, the game, the only 
game in town was the industry game. It used to be the Tonight Show, and then it used to be just getting on late night, and then it used to be like getting into a writer's room or getting cast on SNL. Or you know, these are all the traditional avenues of success and fame and stardom for a stand-up comedian. Uh, movies, whatever, all that stuff. All that's exposure so that you get butts and seats. But I feel like Louis C.K. really showed us what was possible, right? Louis C.K. showed us that the industry is, um, you know, not the only avenue. The thing about Louis C.K. is is that he used his email list to do things like make his own special and sell it for five bucks and put out, you know, people like Tig Notaro's special, Barry Crimmins, all these people's specials. You know, he helped kind of start this independent distribution network for comedians, but then he got a show on FX, so now he's industry. And then he got, like, Hollywood, you know, shit, like, movies. So he's industry. He became industry. And then he got Me Too'd. So, uh, so now he's not industry anymore. <laughs> so, But at least he can fall back on the independent stuff that he grew, his email list and all of that. And I think going back to Dan Cook, you know, going back to these comedians who figured out how to use the Internet, you know, especially Joe Rogan now, obviously, but... Comedians have figured out how to use the internet to start their own following, uh, make a viable living, so on and so forth. So, in that vein, please uh, subscribe to my Patreon. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have a Patreon yet. I don't quite have the listener numbers, guys. I don't have the listener numbers to have a Patreon, but maybe one day, maybe one day, I will have enough free listeners to justify asking them for like a buck or something or i'll I'll start getting ads maybe maybe i'll be slanging cbds on the podcast you never know so yeah i've been doing that i've been uh working some part-time jobs i've been working as a um a marketer uh i got bumped up to manager guys I got bumped up to manager in a couple of weeks because the guy who was manager before me was a 26 year old I don't know. He's just fucking, he just did not give a fuck. And there's a lot of crashing and burning. So I'm basically fixing a lot of that stuff, but spending a lot of time in dispensaries. No money though. Got no money yet to spend in the dispensaries, but I got the time. So I'm spending that in dispensaries, educating people about my best bud, a pet CBD product. Hopefully they don't disavow themselves from me and deplatform me before they've even sunk any advertising dollars into me. It's a tiny company. I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, you never know. <clears throat> what else am I doing? I am teaching. Um, not really. I'm part of this after school program daily. I get sent to a couple schools a couple times a week to basically watch kids. Uh, it's a decent, I mean, it's over 30 bucks an hour. So, you know, they do that for three hours day for only a couple days um i'm probably gonna stop doing that after it's it's not really teaching it ends up kind of just being glorified child care you know what i mean like it's really just keeping these kids busy from three to six till their parents get off work you know and i got a bunch of ipads and i'm supposed to teach them animation but a lot of the time they barely have time to even do anything their classes are like 40 minutes long it's kind of i don't know it's sort of a mm, kind of like a mind fuck in a way, just like shuffle these kids around for a few more hours after school, like school's supposed to be done, but shuffle them around, I guess. Well, there's another company I'll probably get fired from if this gets out, but uh, you know, here's the thing. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to stay independent. I'm not trying to get on SNL. Are you kidding me? 
fucking 41 years old. I, no one wants to see my old ass on there, and I don't want to see my old ass on I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be on TV or, like, I don't want to be famous. You know what I mean? I just want to do stand-up, like, a lot. I want to do stand-up a lot, you know? And that's it. Just do a lot of stand-up. Maybe podcast. Podcast is fine. I could work, I could work out podcasting once a week, twice a week, whatever. Every day, fine. Give me the money. I'll do it. But I don't want to write. I mean, I'll do it. I'm not going to say no to any job. I'm not going to say no to an acting job or a writing job. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not stupid. I'm not like, oh, this is beneath me. You know, I'll fucking check it out. I'll give everything a chance. But what I'm saying now is I'm just being realistic. From my standpoint, I am not industry friendly. And I realized that when I started comedy. You know what I mean? Like, when I started comedy, I was 33. And I realized, oh, I'm already too old at this point. And I'm not a, sure, I got the glasses, but I'm not the glasses. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got the, I got the, I'm an Asian with glasses, but I'm not really an Asian with glasses. You know, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm, uh, I don't want to say I'm dangerous. That's stupid. I don't, I don't think I'm like, but, but I feel like I'm threatening in some ways. You know what I mean? That's why I have this joke. You know, I have the joke like, uh, I've been told I have the confidence of somebody who has no idea he's Asian. You know what I mean? Like I just, I'm forward. I, you know, like I'm, I act like a, a white person or a black person <laughs> or somebody who is more confident socially, stereotypically than an Asian. That, hence my last episode, how to be an assertive Asian, which of course is just, um, a play on words no it's not really a play on words it's just uh, i'm just playing with the idea that i i don't because i don't actually subscribe to race or the idea the signifier asian is completely stupid it's uh meaningless there's no separation between europe and asia you know what i mean there's one landmass called eurasia it's like it's kind of like the people who named it were just like ah eurasia you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> They're Asian over there. That's what all that is. So it doesn't mean anything. Completely meaningless, right? I mean, to us as Americans, it means a certain thing. It means, you know, yellow-skinned, chinky bastards. <laughs> yellow-skinned. Oh, should I, I shouldn't say. I mean, why not? Gookie? Gookie. That's what Andrew Yang taught me. He, someone said, hey, have some gookies. <laughs> and nobody said that in L.A. God damn it. I was never called. I was called a gook, but never gookies. That would have stuck with me forever, and I would have laughed. I still laugh. I mean, learning it, I laugh. Anyways, let's move on. Um, I didn't even learn that from Andrew Yang. I learned that from listening to Come Town, okay? Come Town, the so-called racist guys against Chinese people or whatever. I learned more about Chinese, the Chinese-American presidential candidate, first one, by the way, from them than anybody else. The news didn't tell me about... Andrew Yang saying gookies in his book. He read his book out loud and said all the slurs that he was called. <laughs> and there's, you know, he went through the classic ones, obviously, and then came somebody. He also said, hey, have some gookies, <laughs> which fortune gookie. I mean, that thing, hilarious. All right. If you're not laughing, if you're offended by that, that's just shut up. Go away. Come on. It's just fucking dumb. Gookies. Gookie, <laughs> gookie monster. <laughs> you want gookie? He's like in, he's like a, uh, he's like a soldier. He's like a fucking, you know, one of those crazy soldiers in Nam. He's like, me want gookies. They're in the trees. Me want them. Me kill them all. Me kill them gookies everywhere. Charlie. Okay, 
All right, that's enough. I'll come up with maybe something more, more coherent. But that's the gist, the premise. The gooky monster is a um, uh, terribly traumatized soldier in Vietnam that sees the enemy everywhere. That's just, he's crazy for them. He wants to kill them all, all the gookies. Okay. <laughs> See? Yeah. That's a bit. I could this. I might do this today over by UCLA. It'll go real well. They're all Asian, <laughs> like Asian nineteen-year-olds, <laughs> Asian kids, little children. Uh, go do the gookies, and they'll be triggered, and they will deplatform me right then and there. We'll have a struggle session, good old-fashioned, good old-fashioned sesh, struggle sesh in the sort of cultural revolution way, you know, where they surround me and start hitting me and get me to admit that I'm. A racist or uh, whatever, not woke or whatever the thing is. Whatever the thing is, yeah. Is that what we need? Is that what it, it's like? That's why you know. There's a lot of people being like, you know, why are people ganging up on Greta Thunberg? You know, why why are they doing that? This poor autistic Swedish girl who sailed here because she refuses to fly to yell at everybody at the UN and then I guess sail back. <laughs> I guess that it's still a lot of resources. Uh, use it, you know what I mean? It's uh, she's 16 though. She's a girl. She's a little girl, you know. And people look up to her like she's a hero. Oh, what a heroic! She's not a hero. She's a girl. She's just a girl. Just a girl who just is listening to all this stuff and is just like, well, I better do something since these fucking assholes won't. Anyways, let's multiply multiply that by millions. Children, the children everywhere who decide, hey, we better do something. These fucking adults fucked everything up. Maybe one of the things we could do is eliminate some of the population. Let's eliminate the adult population. You know, these are all things that could happen. Little Logan's Run type scenario where if you're over 30, you get uh, you have to go through a purification ceremony and then... If you don't make it through the ceremony, you are burned alive, but for some reason, the people they say made it through don't seem to make it through either, and then you end up finding out that everybody over 30 is executed as a way to maintain population control and um, climate control. What if you found that out? I mean, that, that would be weird, right? Most of you may be over 30, right? We're all in danger, guys. What do we do? Kill the kids. That's what I'm don't kill the kids. They're already, we're already killing them and fucking them. We're already, there's already massive pedophile rings. Our phones, our electronics are made by children. Our clothes, everything's made by children. Children are the number one um, at risk for poverty. They're the number one uh, at risk for, you know, abuse, death, trauma, all that stuff. And they have no political um, power because they can't vote and they have no capital, you know, so they have no money. So there you go. Kids, uh-huh. kids, they get, uh, they're just screwed, you know, that's just poor kids, but the ones that are lucky, the ones that get loved, the ones that belong to the upper echelons of society, or perhaps even that middle of society that just gets it through, and, and the poor, the poor raise tons of kids, all those kids, those wonderful kids, think of the diapers, man, the diapers that they fucking put out, every single kid, imagine yourself, how many diapers did you go through as a baby, just, do you have a kid now, think of all the diapers, that you're going through, right? So every single kid really, in effect, is a piece of shit because of all the pieces of shit that come out of their ass when you're little, right? Every single shit is covered by a giant, non-biodegradable, plastic, strappy thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's much bigger than the shit itself. So every single one is taking space. And imagine how many shits a baby takes throughout its like infancy or toddlerhood or whatever the whole time it's wearing diapers imagine how many diapers a baby generates dirty diapers right 
multiply that by all the millions. Greta Thunberg. How many diapers did she fucking go through? Or did they fucking, you know, cloth her, do the old cloth or fucking let her free ball it? Maybe they let her, <laughs> maybe they let her free ball it, you know, until she was like five. She basically just wore out. She just went commando and just piss and shit everywhere like little Chinese kids. Like, I don't know. That's possible. That's something she could have in common with the Chinese. Very possible. Chinese themselves, huge polluters. You think they're going to stop? I mean, maybe. The Chinese were actually ahead of us. When I visited Shanghai, they were like turning out, turning off their, um, like their equivalent of Times Square, all those lights. They would turn that off, you know, after a certain time to save electricity. They eliminated plastic bags, takeout containers, things like that. They were eliminating waste. I mean, they were. This was 2008, so it was a long time. You know, 11 years ago, they were doing stuff. I'm sure they're probably ahead of us now in terms of all that stuff since. We've been working on blowing the shit out of people, and they've been working on building things and creating a new energy infrastructure. So, you know, here's to that. We'll see. Maybe the trade war will help. I don't really know. Guys, listen. The whole thing is that we're just here, right? We're just, just, none of us asked to be born as whatever we are. And none of us asked to be part of this massive industrial society that just fucking rapes the earth, and belches out poison, and leaves nothing behind. You know, none of us asked for that. We're all just participants, willing participants. But what, what options do we have, really? You know, what are we going to all just go into the woods and die? Like, what are we going to do? This is how we were born. This is, we were, like, we didn't ask to have disposable diapers put on us, but they were over and over. So we deal with that. That's the contradiction, right? We didn't ask for it. It wasn't of our will, but we are willing, compliant members of the society. So then what? What do we do? Well, I feel like in what we call our technological society, you can see that there have been many advancements. So change is possible. For instance, when horse to car came, that was probably a pretty disruptive transition. I mean, especially imagine the idea that everybody rode horses and suddenly you're going to ride this machine, you know? There's no connection. So how could you sell that? I don't get it. But eventually it went out, you know? Convenience went out. Convenience, mass production, oil, like all that stuff, you know, kind of synergized, changed things up. So I think it's possible. You know, as much as it's, it seems like, ah, oh, shit, we're in the system, it's hopeless, what can we do? I think it's totally possible with the synergies of different paradigm shifts, you know, notably cannabis, psychedelics, right? Things like that. Clean energy, just the idea. It's the idea that people are starting to think about this shit, starting to converge, you know, with technology. We'll see what happens. It's very exciting. <clears throat> it's all very exciting. It's all very possible. So I'm not a complete pessimist. I'm just a realist about where we are in the system. Why it's absurd to say to people, stop using plastic straws because of the turtles. Well, meanwhile, we're shooting hellfire missiles at people that spend, you know, that just belch the dirtiest fucking exhaust into the air. You know, like our entire military infrastructure runs on diesel fuel. And meanwhile, we're like, hey, you better stop using those straws. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. So there you go. Maybe the change can come there. Maybe we can be like, hey, can we stop these wars? I know Elizabeth Warren's like, hey, here's what we do. We can make the, the death machines more green. 
You know, they, have have some, they can all run on batteries and stuff. And I, guess, and I guess that's a solution. Okay, that's a solution. I mean, I think there's still a lot of destruction and death, which in turn causes some damage to the environment. I don't know, missiles still, you know, guns and depleted ure- uranium shells. That all, that all seems like can't be good for the environment. But, <clears throat> uh, yeah, listen, the system can change. The system is changeable, and it has in the past. The, especially in times of massive change in other industries, right? Like things converge, you know, prohibition happened with suffrage converging, you know what I mean? Like an organized crime happened, you know, like things just converge on these moments of change. And right now we're in, the, in a moment where cannabis prohibition is declining. The drug war itself is pulling back and maybe, just maybe, that can help us stop this endless war that we find ourselves in as well. You know, maybe with enough psychedelic thinking, uh, enough shifts in consciousness, more empathy. I don't know, just something we can finally be like, why are we over there? Why are we doing this? Why are we not fixing this shit here? Like, why are we not doing that? Anyways, wow. Okay, I don't even know what I'm going to call this one. Uh, Because that was quite a rambling, rambling mess. Fucking, uh, I appreciate it, though. I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for listening. Please follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram, at Rojan Kim. Please subscribe to me on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, wherever. Just look me up. Look up the Rojan Kim cast. Leave me a review. Leave me a nice uh, rating. Whatever. Do whatever you can. um, or, Or just do nothing and listen. Anyways. Thank you so much again for listening. Goodbye.